Fari Gunzak, and uh, my title as my brand is Fari Transformation. So what inspired you to create your brand? Um, Getting inspired in life by changing from what you think needs to be changed, not because of people wanting me to change. I wanted to transform me to a better version of me. That in every transformation I made, I felt, oh, there is one after it and one after it. And I thought, it's the transformational stages of life rather than changing yourself. There is more depth to transformation than, oh, I changed my habit. Oh, I changed this, you know. Change, I take it for clothing. You change your clothes, you know. <laughs> but in your head and heart, you transform. You don't just change. Because when you say transformation, it's also soaring. And that's what it came from my personal life that it became to be my brand. And as I help people, I don't want anybody to change. I help them to create the new version of who they want to be. And that creation of them by them, it teaches them how to look at their transformation in life and just going up and up. You said uh, it started with you. Can you tell me about your own mental health journey? Oh, gosh. Yeah. How long time do we have for that? (laughs) No rush. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's been quite of a journey. And I originally come from Iran and um, being raised in a very chaotic circumstances at home and wanting to leave Iran, deciding to leave Iran earlier in life um, and uh, being who I used to be and going outside of the country and just seeing, oh, wow, what is out there? And I had no clue about, you know, and you wanted to be accepted. You wanted to fit in. You wanted to be loved. You know, that's what when I say you, it was me as a person. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be heard. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be loved. So you go and do everything else is possible for people to love you. And then you leave you. And I left myself, you know, and I didn't understand how quickly I became that pleaser. love me because I say something you like, not something I want to actually say, you know? So that was a very bitter um, part of my life. And then when I came to understanding of it, um, it was much later in life with a lot of damages uh, in my head and heart because I couldn't be the authentic self. And then that created so much anger, animosity in me for everybody else. And that's when the spirituality, the journey of me into entering the spiritual world started. And it was very painful because to be a true spiritual person, you first have to get within and get much more familiar and get uncomfortable to look back and see how much 
undoing I needed to do in order to cleanse myself. Like you don't go out to a wedding night and be sweaty and dirty and put a brand new clothes on you and go. You take a shower, you do your hair, you do your, whatever you need to do. And for me to get into that world of spirituality, I needed to do that deep cleansing of myself. And that was the beginning of my journey from transforming from all the pain and the agony and finding actually my gift through all of those traumas and problems to become to where I am today, which then allowed me to be able to be a help for others and say, hey, I did it. I walk it. I walked on fire. I'm safe. And you can do too. How are you feeling now? Free. Rejuvenated. Sky is my limit. I'm very comfortable in my skin. I didn't know uh, you can forgive yourself. I didn't know there is a power in self-forgiveness. I had no idea what meant um, when they say self-care, I always tell everybody self-care is not the color of your hair. Self-care is not your eyelashes. Self-care is not all the implants we put in our body to look some like somebody else. Self-care is deeper than that. Um, ever since I found out about the power of self-care, I stopped coloring my hair. And I thought, if I say it, I might as well walk it. This is the true person that I am. And uh, it's incredibly rejuvenating and liberating for me i have a bipolar disorder too and uh just talking to you i i can relate to some of your stories of being a people pleaser or trying to be someone completely different for mm -hmm. do you think your openness helps the people you uh work with 100 percent. you don't have to be bipolar to be a people pleaser. Right. Um, 99.5% of people in the world, they start being a people pleaser. Um, it's a lie. It's a big lie when they say you have to have a mental problem to be a people pleaser. I don't have a mental problem to this age and I've not been proven any because I've done a ton of tests on me. But it's a part of our personality as a child. Look, when the kids are growing up, what do they say? Oh, no, if if you don't eat that, Uncle so-and-so wouldn't like you. If you want an uncle and auntie love you, have another bite to cauliflower. And they make you become um, this person that only if this person does this and that, this child, for the sake of others liking that person, then the person does it. So it's been taught to us from our childhood subconsciously that in order to be liked, you've got to be a pleaser, you know? And it's it doesn't matter what part of the world you come from. Anybody in this world has two eyes and one nose. It's global. And the same way as being a pleaser, it doesn't matter just because I was born in Iran, that's there. It's not, it's rubbish. It's It's taught to all of us from our childhood. But there are ways of recognizing it and dealing with it. And also, 
I cannot remember her last name, but is this Dr. Linda or Pamela, some doctor in um, Harvard University that she was talking about and about the imposter syndrome, about being a pleaser. And then he goes, it's nothing that it would be fixed once and for all. It's a yo-yo. It goes out and it comes in. It goes up. It goes up and down. It's, it's, it's like that. Does one have the strength and the knowledge of acknowledging it when it kicks in and say, okay, I'm now dealing with that. And that's why people need coaches because then we're the one that we constantly remind our clients when they text me. I mean, the woman just had a um, heart procedure in, in the hospital and she's writing me a note about this thing that the nurse said, and now how, how do I do with it? Oh, I feel so belittled and all of that. And I said, check out these words you're writing. How do we change the words? You know, and everyone at any stage gets it. It comes in and it goes out. It comes in and it goes out. The most powerful people, the richest people, they have that pleaser and the imposter syndrome. It's just there. How do we deal with it? It's the question. Yeah. You know, and that's what we come in as coaches. How do you deal with it? How do you respond to it? How and it's not again one prescription for all. Every person, we create a way for that one person how to deal with it. You know, when it kicks in. And um it's a very interesting story because I always say, like, you want to go to coaches that whatever they teach, they've actually had to walk in yeah. that um, for the longest time, which I did forever, ever, and not knowing what it was, you know. And that's why I help everyone. And I just say, this is the way to find, instead of saying, oh, poor me, feel sorry for me. Oh my God, look what I went through. I say, no, let's find the diamond in that trauma. Let's find a diamond in your catastrophe. Let's find a diamond on you being a bipolar. There is a gift in there. There is a gift. You were born with this gift. How do you varnish and let this gift grow and shine out there? Or you put a black cloud over it and a cover and say, oh, I'm bipolar. I'm a pleaser. Oh, my God. And it's all a matter of choice. And I always say life is all about the choices we make. When I was uh, doing my research on you, I saw a lot of you do a lot of uh, yoga techniques. How is I, I know for me, I, I don't do yoga because my mind moves, you know, a million miles uh, a minute. So how is yoga just not only physical uh, help, but it helps uh, mental health as well? One of the, being a black belt in Taekwondo, I'm talking about me, being a black belt in Taekwondo, being a certified swimmer, teaching people how to swim and um, weightlifter, Pilates instructor, yoga teacher, everything you can think of in the world, being a tennis player and now a massive pickable player now. Nothing in the world, and I say that strongly, nothing in the world helps our mental situation like fitness and then out of all this fitness and any health, whatever it coming to you but the best of it is yoga 
Because when you do the yoga, it's no longer about how buffed am I going to look like. When you're doing the poses, you feel the muscles in your body that you never knew that existed, number one. And instead of staying in your thoughts and all this hammering nastiness that it comes into our brain, it takes you away from there and it makes you travel to your heart. So every movement that you do, your heart is in it. Your breath is talking to you. The way you move your arms and legs, the way you stay with your breath whether you like it or not, you can be very anxious and you can be very popular, like dealing with a lot of trouble and problems in your head and heart. But once you start doing the yoga for a few times, then you can realize that, oh, in the middle of the yoga, oh, I wasn't here anymore. For the last 15 minutes, I'm following everything that they say and I'm staying in my heart. And the power of yoga with bipolar, with even schizophrenic and all of those borderline and all of that, when you do the power of yoga, that it teaches you how to breathe whilst you're doing it, it travels you from your brain and it brings you into your heart. And when you're doing so much in that hour or that few minutes that you do, you're doing it with your heart, you're separated from this part that is the, the our head and our brain that is the the mother of problems. Everything is in the brain. You're bipolar in your head. You're not bipolar in your heart. You're a schizophrenic in your head, not in your heart. You're a, a borderline in your head, not in your heart. When you travel to your heart, you go to the place, it's like a wonderland where you've never been. And when you go to this wonderland, then amazing things start spanning out of you. Because your breath is now there as well. That, that's why they called yoga is body, mind, soul. And now you are in your mind and in your soul. You're no longer in this body. And when you practice it regularly, then you realize how much healing process is engaged, but you didn't know about it. Then you want to do more and more of it. And it's incredible when I am um, teaching people with this kind of a dilemma on, on Zoom even, and I just I put them in a yoga pose and the way they breathe and they breathe, they sometimes burst into um, tears or whatever that it's available for that moment for them to free themselves and get that relief from it. It's amazing how tens of thousands of years ago, they discovered the power of yoga those days. Remember, there were no treadmills. There were no right. electricals. There were no weights. Like I remember my father. My father was a very strong man, very powerful, super healthy. And then when we had his pictures of when he was really young on top of the mountains um, around Iran, he was picking up the trunk of a tree and he was pumping up, they took his pictures there, and it's all black and white and faded now. And he was having like a half a trunk of a tree in his hand, and he was doing bicep curl. That's what they did, people, before. They were muscly with the nature. They were no gyms, right? And the nature brought all of this stuff. For my father was a solid muscle. And he never saw one gym in his life ever. 
you know, I, we lost him when 20, exactly yesterday was 23 years ago, but we lost him at the age of 105. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was just saying, he always said, who needs alcohol? Who needs to be uh, mentally sick all the time when there's so much power into fitness? And that's why I'm so big about it. That when people come to me and I said, yes, yeah, stay with your medication. It's between you and your doctor. But let me tell you, this is what you need to do. And let's do it together and then see how you feel. And throughout 30, coming up to 32 years of being the fitness trainer and being a life coach, it's hundreds of people, hundreds of people that they have been, they have transformed. See what I'm saying? It's not a change. That is a transformation that happens. And that's what's called transformational relationship to self because they got related to who they are, to the core of themselves, that it makes it so much more exciting for people, bipolar, whatever they are. These are only titles. You don't own it. This is a glasses that I use. This is a vessel. But my eyes are there. They make me see clear, of course. And when you have that fitness, it makes you feel you're alive in a different way. And it makes your life so much better. But it's a consistency and it can never end. I'll never be able to stop working out unless I get paralyzed or blind or something that I don't understand. That's a different story. But that's my drug of choice and like that's what I call it, my daily cocaine. <laughs> did I answer you, your question? Yes, yes, you did. Uh, <laughs> what are some of the benefits of having a life coach? You're not alone. You don't have to live up here in your head all the time. Um, it's a huge difference. Life coaches, we're not. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not educated on that. I have no idea what they do and nor do I want to. No, I just respect them. Coaches, like you get a basketball coach. You can still go get the ball and go run around and throw it there. But if you want to achieve something better and become better at it, in order to become a great basketball player and perhaps be in a great team, you hire a coach. People in the streets, wherever they are, they can throw a ball down on the ground and go and run after the ball and, and call it a football. Great. But you need to have a coach to guide you what is the right thing to do. Volleyball, swimming. If you drop yourself in the water, if you don't know how to hold yourself in the water, number one, you get drowned. But if you do know how to hold yourself up and you don't know how to swim, you won't be able to go far because you're just holding yourself. But if you want to save your life and make sure that not only you can help yourself and maybe one day help somebody else like I did, then you get a coach to teach you how to swim, right? That's why you get a coach in life that shows us the way where we need to go. Who do we need to talk how do we get ourselves out of this frustration that we have? And it doesn't matter how happily married one is. At any given moment, 
somebody, somewhere along the line, wife or the husband, they get tired of each other, they get frustrated with each other, and it's just to have that life coach that they say, hey, I have this problem, what do I do with it? Hey, I've got to do this and that and that. If life coaching existed earlier in life, lots of divorces would have been stopped. Lots of damages between the sisters and brothers and the members of family would have been disappeared. And now there is this new phase of having the coach and being coach. People are much better bosses. They're great partners, great, great parents. They're great employees because they have someone to talk to. And it's not a matter of somebody, I'm not telling anyone what to do. I'm not teaching anybody what to do. That's not my job. My job is that with that person, with whatever issue is with that person, we create a circumstances. We create a situation. It's a matter of creation with that individual in that moment for whatever it is. And we need that people hire somebody to do a decoration in their houses. You can put your own picture frame up and do this and that and that. But if you want it to be beautiful, you hire somebody and say, help me. And that's not that essential, having a decorator in the house, but it sure makes your home look much more lovable and pleasant when you live it. You just think it's not cluttered. It's not, you know, people become hoarder before they know that they're hoarders. You know, and then when you get one, it teaches, no, ma'am, sir, you are a hoarder. We've got to get rid of a lot of junk in here to make room for you to even breathe. And that's what we do. We create space for people can breathe better. People can live better. Can, people can get in touch with themselves and start loving themselves first. When was the first time anybody told you that you need to love yourself? Except they just said it, but there was no meaning to it. Right. That's what the coaches are for, to give you a better life. To show you how you need to love yourself first. To tell you that you are loved. People want to be heard. Doesn't matter who one is. How rich one is. People want to be heard. People want to be seen. And that's what coaches come in. To teach people that they need to be heard and seen. And we create I create with my client how they can begin to see themselves before anybody else sees them. Because once you start seeing yourself, number one, it doesn't matter if anybody else sees you or not. Number two, the way you see yourself, it makes the whole world, the universe, to see you differently and a lot more lovingly. And that's a huge discovery in one's life.